Open with me, please, to the gospel account of John, the 13th chapter, John 13. We've been on this for some weeks now, and uh, our text is the New Testament commandment that Jesus gave us in John 13, and we're talking about what love does. What love does. John 13 and uh, 34, Jesus said, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you. Now, you might say, well, how's that a new commandment? Because in the Old Testament, he told them to love your neighbor as yourself. That's not what he said. He said, you love one another. Now, one another refers to your fellow Christian, your brother, your sister in the Lord. And you do it not just as yourself. You love them the way Christ loves you. That requires the new birth. And the love of God being shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit. Said out loud, I have this love inside me. I can and I do love others as Jesus loves me. Now, if we're not doing it, we're disobedient to the New Testament commandment. Don't argue with what he said. Don't say, well, I don't know that I can. Well, that's Jesus. Well, we all fall short. Excuses are not the way to go on this. You want to go with faith. If he says do it, you're supposed to say, yes, sir. And if you tell me to do it, then I know you're not unjust. If you tell me to do it, you know whether I could do it or not. So just you telling me to do it. If you couldn't do it before he told you to do it, after he told you, you could. Because his word is empowerment. Right? And enablement. Do you believe that, saints? So he goes on to say, by this, by you and I loving each other the way he has and does love us, all men will know that we are his disciples. Not by our quoting scriptures, not by our denominational Uh, doctrine statements, not by our baptismal formulas, not by speaking in tongues, by this. This is how people outside the kingdom will know we're the real deal. We are a real child of God because nobody can love this way except children of God. Like we've already gone over it. How are you going to love like Jesus loves? You got to be born again and have this love in your heart to love with. Now, uh, with that in mind, over in the, uh, well, let's see, go to 15 for now, and then we'll back up. 15 and 9, Jesus said, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. Can you see the progression? He loved us 
as the Father loved him. Now, we're going to love others the way he loved us. And if they'll receive that love, even if they don't know him, and get born again, what can happen then? They can love somebody else the way we loved them, the way Jesus loved us, the way the Father loved Jesus. This love is from the highest place in the universe. This love is from the Father himself. There is nothing greater, never will be, anything greater than this love that God is. All the power that has created everything has come out of God who is love. And as great as faith is, as great as hope is, love's the greatest. In fact, these others work by it. And we've been into this for some time now. We've talked about this love that God is, that's shed abroad in the hearts of believers by the Holy Spirit, is not the ooey-gooey Valentine card. <laughs> Come on, are you listening to me? People that equate, well, I love apple pie, and I love my car, and I love pizza. Love has been so contorted and so twisted and so muddied up that most folks don't have much of an idea what it really is. And a whole lot of what people call love has got nothing to do with the love of God. He goes on to say, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I've kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Now, if you love him, you will do what he tells you to do. If you don't do what he tells you to do, then you love something else more than you love him. I know folks don't like to hear it. Nobody's flesh likes to hear it, but this is a fact. And we need to look at it. We need to be reminded of it continuously. A lot of Folks making the wrong choices is not as innocent as it appears to be. In the 14th chapter, back up to that. You want to know the truth? What if the truth slaps you a couple of times first? Because <laughs> if you'll receive it and do it, what will the truth do for you? It will make you free. It will make you free. In John 14, verse 21, Jesus said, He that has my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me. If you do what I say, the one who does what I say, that's the one who loves me. Do you believe that? It's red letters. He that loves me shall be loved of my Father. You know, when it comes to the Father, you cannot ignore Jesus. The Bible says if you don't have the Son, you don't have the Father either. You can't reject the one the Father sent and be okay with the Father. He that loves me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him 
and will manifest myself to him. Well, if he manifests himself to you, love is manifested to you. He is love. Keep going. Judas said to him, not Judas Iscariot, a different Judas, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Did you know God is not only a God who reveals himself, he's also a God who hides himself. Isaiah says that. Other scriptures talk about this. You remember that Jesus said on more than one occasion that to these it is given and revealed, to these it's not given. Well, that's obvious. You look around the world, there's all kind of people, they don't even believe there is a God. And as far as they're concerned, there's no evidence of it, no proof of it. And then you got folks like us. <laughs> we think God's all there is. Yeah. And that's right. <laughs> and we see him all over the place. And it's not, it's not a matter of intelligence. It's a matter of, do you love him? How can you tell if you love him? That was three people. How can you tell if you love him or not? You'll do what he tells you to. Now what if you don't do what he tells you to? What does that show? It shows that something else is bigger in your life than he is. And you love something else more. Now keep reading. Jesus answered and said, if a man loves me for the second time, he says, if a man loves me, because he asked him, how are you going to do this? How are you going to show yourself to us without showing yourself to everybody? He said, again, if somebody loves me, they will keep my words and my father will love him and we will come to him and move in with him. Oh, oh, glory to God. <laughs> and show ourselves to him. Right? He just got through saying manifest yourself to him. Glory to God. Make our abode with him. Now who's going to get that? Not everybody. The one that loves him. And how do we know who those are? <laughs> Folks don't like to add that part. They like to say, well, I love the Lord with all my heart. All my soul, I love him more than anything. I know I hadn't got around to doing what he told me to do, but, but I, oh, I love him. Well, no, you're kidding yourself. You love something else more because if you loved him more, you wouldn't be putting it off. You'd, you'd have done it. You, me, any of us. <laughs> Selah. Think about that. Verse 24. In case it wasn't plain enough. He that loves me not does what? Keeps not my sayings. And the word you hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. Now, uh, the thing I want us to get into this evening, and you said you're believing with me, is what do you love more? In talking about what love does we see numerous scriptures that use the comparative. What do you love more? What do you love most? And these decisions are determining what kind of life we have and our reward in the life to come. 
It's not as complicated as people want to make it out to be sometimes as the enemy is always trying to make it out to be. It's not about being able to quote all the scriptures and give all the Hebrew and Greek definitions. And it's not about crossing every T and dotting every I. Do you love him? That's what it's about. He's always looking at the heart, isn't he? He's looking at the heart. And our choices in life are revealing if we love him or if we love something else more. And how many have a desire, at least, to love him more? Then as we get into this, let's believe God that he opens this up to us. In Matthew 10, go there please. Matthew 10. You know, uh, people like to play games. And people like for everything in church to just be nice. (laughs) And we all love the Lord, of course. (laughs) Well, the truth is, a lot of folks don't. They don't. And the truth is, a lot of folks only love him this much. Other folks love him this much. And the ones who love him more are going to see more of him and know more of him and get used in things that other people don't and be aware and be made a part of things that other people are not. And it is completely just and fair because they loved him more, believed him more, followed him further, were willing to sacrifice more, go further. And that qualified him. I said that qualified him. In uh, Matthew. The 10th chapter. And the 37th verse. Notice this. Jesus said. Matthew 10. 37. He that loves father or mother. What? More than me. Is not worthy of me. He that loves son or daughter more than me, is not worthy of me. Did you hear the phrase, more than? It's great to love your mother and father. It's great to love your kids, your sons and daughters, your your grandkids and great-grandkids. It's just wonderful. But it must be very clear that you love him more. The truth is, People are choosing their family above him right and left. You see, I've had Christians get in my face and go, well, my family is first. I said, well, God is not. There's only one number one spot. And if your family is first, then what are you teaching your kids? You're teaching them not to put God first but to put themselves and their kids first. And they'll perpetuate your terrible mistake. You've got to demonstrate in front of them times where you put God ahead of them. Not just by talk, but by action. They need to see. Now you need to be there for them. But there needs to be times and situations where they see mama and daddy put God ahead of them and ahead of each other. They need to see it. Or elsewise, they're not trained right. 
Who do you love more? He, Jesus said, he that loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He's not worthy of me. It shows that the heart's not right. What the person treasures. What we treasure shows what kind of person we are. What we value shows our heart. Where our treasure is, that's where our heart is. How many believe God should have the undisputed first place above all? And that everybody around you should know, don't make me pick between him and you. Because I won't even have to pray about it. (laughs) I love you, but don't tell me I have to pick between him and you. Don't do that. Because everybody should know. I mean, if he's Lord and Savior, what does that mean? Lord. Somebody say Lord. Lord. Is he your Lord? See, a whole lot of folk, he's their Savior, but he's not their Lord. They're counting on him for salvation and missing hell, but he does not run their life. They run their life. So here he brings up the issue of who do you love more? And it's a question that we should ask ourselves. Go with me to 1 John, please. The second chapter. Mm, Stop by Luke on the way. Excuse me. It's on the way. Luke 9. Tell me again why you love the truth. It'll set you free. If our priorities need to be adjusted, do you want to know it? If we need to make some adjustments, do you want to know it? Yeah, we don't want to live with blinders on, presuming a bunch of stuff and it not be that way and having problems and not realizing why, having the door open to the enemy and not realizing why. In uh, Luke, Luke 9 and 59, Jesus said to another, follow me. Now, if you love him, what will you do? Start trying to see if you can. Start trying to see how that's going to affect the kids. And my tenure at my place of work and my retirement. And, um, you know, mom and them. And <laughs> when you go into that mode, what is being revealed? Your priorities and what you love most. If we love him most, there's no discussion. We just begin to tell everybody we're about to follow him. Well, we're having fun tonight, aren't we? (laughs) Follow me. And he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my dear old daddy. What he's talking about is, you know, when daddy dies. When daddy dies, I need to take care of that. And uh, Jesus said, yeah, you got to take care of your family. (laughs) I understand that. You just call me when uh, you get everything worked out. And we'll hold your spot open. (laughs) Uh Uh-uh. 
Now see, that's how a lot of people believe. But it's not Bible. What Jesus say? He said, there's plenty of dead folks that are not aware of the kingdom of God and don't care. There'll be plenty of folks who'll take care of that. You need to come do what I told you. Right now. Come and preach the kingdom of God. And uh, another one said, I will follow you. <laughs> but I got to go tell everybody bye <laughs> at my house. But I'll do it. It's going to cost me everything, I know, but I, I'll do it. But let me at least tell mom and them bye. <laughs> Why you say it like that? Because of the next verse, verse 62, Jesus said, no man putting his hand to the plow and looking back. Is he looking back? What's he doing? Regretting what I'm having to leave and what I'm having to give up. He said, you're not fit for the kingdom. We don't need people like that. Why? Because it is the greatest privilege in the world to follow him. And for him to call you and say, come over here. I'm going to use you. I'm going to do that. All of us will be gone from the planet in a few more breaths. Do you know this? And all the little fences you built around your house and all the stuff you did with everybody at the club is not going to mean a thing. Nobody's even going to know it. The greatest thing you ever did for mama and them and Bubba and sissy and them is to follow God all the way. In the beginning, it may look like you grow further apart and you're going one way and they're going the other way, and you are. But in time to come, you'll be in a position to help them with your faith. Come on, and with your resources. Do you believe it? I've seen it over and over again. (laughs) Several people. When Phyllis and I first left to go into the ministry, we left home and we left everything and everybody and, and some folks... Thought we were nuts and wondered about us. And other folks tried to talk me out of it. Preachers that I loved and respected. One of them came to me and pled with me. He said, now Keith, you feel like you need to be taught? I said, yes, sir. He said, well, isn't the Holy Ghost the teacher? I said, yes, sir, he is. He said, why can't he teach you at home? Why you got to leave everybody? Why you got to go states away? People you don't know. He said, we don't have many young people like you in the church that love God and want to serve. I need you. We need you. Man, it pulled on me. <laughs> and some of the questions he's asking, I couldn't answer because is the Holy Ghost the teacher? Yeah. Can he teach you here? Yeah, guess so. Then why you got to? I finally had to say, I don't know why. I just got to go. <laughs> And some of the same people that pulled on me 20 years later, everybody say 20 years. 20 years. And I say it wasn't fun in some of them early years. <laughs> but 20 years later, some of the same people patted me on the back and said, boy, you did the right thing. Yeah. I started to say, if I'd listened to you, I wouldn't have. Yeah. But I didn't. <laughs> but in the process of time, The Lord put us in a place where we were able to bless them. 
and have resources to help them and their ministry that we never would have had if we'd have stayed with them and not done what the Lord told us to do. But none of that is the big issue. Come on, somebody tell me what the big issue is. Who do you love the most? How can you tell who you love the most? You do what they say. According to Jesus. He said no man having put his hand to the plow. And looking back. Looking back. Remorse. Regret. I left everything. I left home. Mama's pot roast. (laughs) I left. Nothing down here. Is going to stay the same. You cannot be stuck in a time and space and life with a group of people. All those people are going to go. You're going to go. Nothing's going to stay the same. How many think we ought to be finding out what we're supposed to be doing in the kingdom and doing that because precious time is ticking by and in a few more days we're not going to stand in front of the judgment seat of mama and them. We're not going to give an account to our kids of what we've done in this life. I don't want the Lord looking at me and saying, Keith, why didn't you do what I told you to do? And me saying, well, you know, this one thought that and this one didn't want us to do that. and You know how this one is. and This one begged and pleaded and it just broke my heart. And Do you think he's going to say, oh, I understand. No, none of it's going to cut it. None of it's going to hold water. There is no acceptable excuse. Aren't you glad it's not over? You're still breathing? Come on, breathe another breath. Still breathing? Got some time? Let's get this thing right before it's too late, saints. And don't be led by people. Don't be led by times. Don't be led by flesh. Because you can caught up in doing stuff, just following your flesh, following your hurts, following the wrong drives, and look up, and 30 years has passed that you'll never get back. And what you just proved is you loved that more than you did the Lord because you left church, you left God, and you did that. No need to say, well, I love you more. No, you proved what you loved. You picked what you loved. What you think about this? Judas Iscariot was with Jesus closer than this for years. Heard him preach, ate with him, traveled with him, ministered with him, saw miracles. And in the end, he loved money. More than he did Jesus. Even after being around him. And hearing him and seeing. That's just a fact. He loved money. I know the first several years of my ministry. I believed. That the biggest problem with mankind was ignorance. Darkness. That if people would just hear the gospel and meet Jesus, that'd be it. 
And it is a big problem. But it is not remotely the whole problem. Because there are people all over the planet seeing something of him and finding out something about him and still choosing something else. And that is determining who is wheat and who is chaff. Who is kept and who is not. We've got an opportunity. A little brief moment down here on this planet. To show that we are worthy of being in his family. Being a part of his eternal kingdom. And it's not who's got the biggest head full of knowledge. It's who loves him. I said it's who loves him. Who really, genuinely, when nobody else is watching. Come on, are you listening? Not based on what they think. They're going to get out of it. Who really loves him? How can you tell who that is? They do what he says. If he says go, they go. If he says stay, they stay. If he says give, they give. Pray, they pray. Love, they love. Obey, they obey. Quit it, then they quit it. Start it, then they start it. Are you, friend, his to command? Not just because you're scared of him, because you love him, because you want to please him. Come on, are you? Sit out loud, at least by faith. Lord, I am yours. Lord, I am yours. I love you. More than anybody or anything, including myself, you're number one above all. I love you most. And by your grace, I'll prove it. <laughs> what does that mean? You'll prove it. Whatever he says to me, that's what we do. Cause. We love him. There in that um, in that fourteenth chapter, fourteenth chapter of John, verse twenty-eight. Now, when Jesus told them that he was going away, it upset them, and uh, it shook them, and all of them said, "No, no, no, we're going with you." Peter made some really big statements. He said, if everybody leaves you, I won't. He was talking about the other disciples too. Though all leave, I won't. And that was challenged and he failed that test. You remember that? The Lord told him before the night's over, you're going to deny me three times. And he argued with the Lord. He said, no, I won't. No, I won't. No, I never. But he did. And uh, listen to what Jesus says to them. And, and this begins to open our eyes. He said, verse 28, you have heard how I said to you, I go away and I'm coming back to you. Now, when he told them that, they're sad, they're depressed. And most of us don't see anything wrong with that. He says, If you loved me, you'd rejoice. Say it out loud. If you loved me, you'd rejoice. Are they rejoicing? They're sad. They're down. What does that show? They're not thinking about him. 
They're thinking about them. Which is not the love of God. He said if you loved me. What would you do? You'd quit moping around here. You'd quit crying. You'd quit being sad. You'd start rejoicing. Because I told you. I'm not just going into oblivion. I'm going to the Father. And the Father is greater than I am. So you ought to be happy for me. I know uh, when my father in the faith, Kenneth Hagin Sr., went home to be with the Lord, a lot of folks were really distraught. And, you know, I couldn't mourn. I couldn't grieve. You know, I figure five or six decades of service ought to do it. How long you got to serve? I'm thinking about him. He's done his tour of duty. He obeyed the directive to teach my people faith. I'm part of the bunch he taught. Right? If I care about him, I got to be happy. If I'm sad, it shows I'm not thinking about him. I'm thinking about me. I said, well, it's normal. No, it's not for a child of God. We're supposed to operate on a higher level, saints. We're not supposed to be thinking continuously about everything, how everything affects moi. <laughs> I'll just be so lonely. I'll just, I'll just miss them so much. Well, I just, I'll just, I need them. Well, just forget about you and all that goes away. I can't. Yes, you can. But that's the wrong answer. To say it accurately, you should say, I choose not to. Oh, friend, when you choose to live in this God kind of love, sorrow has no grip on you. Depression cannot hold you. You won't yield to it. You won't be fooled by the devil's tricks. You'll have victory. No matter what. He said if you loved me. You'd rejoice. Hallelujah. Go to 1 John. Thanks be to God. Who gives me the victory. Gives me the victory. Gives me the victory. Thanks be to God. Gives me the victory through my Lord, Jesus Christ. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. 1 John 2, verse 15, what does it say? Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, what? The love of the Father is not in him. See, loving the world replaces loving the Father. And it's a real thing. Many have loved the world after having seen something of God and known something of God, they still were drawn by the allure 
of that lifestyle and they loved it more and they left him. This has happened many, many, many times. And it is, it's deception. Read the next verse. For all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of the life, it's not of the Father. Loving that is not loving him. It's of the world. Verse 17, and the world's doing what? When you're loving that, you're loving something you can't keep. You're loving something that not may not last, will not last. It is soon and very soon gone and over. And you're going to be broken and a shell and heartbroken because what you love is going to have failed you and gone away and left you. The world's passing away and all the stuff that people desire and long for is going away. But he that does the will of God. Now, why does he say it like that when he's talking about love? Because who is it that loves him? The one that does his will is the one that loves him. And that one's going to live in his love. And God's going to move in with them and manifest himself to them. And that's going to go on for ever you'll never be heartbroken because you lost him because he's not going to leave you it's not going to happen oh somebody say thank you Lord thank you Lord glory be to God what do you love more there are many believers that have loved a lifestyle. They've loved a place. They've loved ungodly people and the things that they do. The atmosphere of a certain kind of a party or promiscuity or drugs and alcohol, whatever you want to say, the power of some kind of a you know, feeling of, of influence. When somebody's scared of you, think you carry weight. Many people who have known something of God became acquainted with him and later on decided, I love that more. I want that. And if you want it, you can have it. You can leave him. He won't leave you, but you can leave him. You're a fool if you do. Because <laughs> that stuff you're loving is going to leave you. Not might. It's certain to. Certain to. It's a flash in the pan. The Bible said Moses. He chose to suffer with the people of God. Rather than the pleasures of sin for a season. He knew what mattered didn't he? He could have lived in the palace. With everything. That any kind of money or stuff could buy. But he saw that wasn't worth anything. A lot of folks not that wise. They grab it. Notice with me in 2 Timothy 4. 2 Timothy 4. And 7. Who do you love more? Who do you love more? Don't you want to be able to say this in a few days? 
I have fought a good fight. (laughs) I have finished my course. And I have kept the faith. Woo! I think I want you to practice that. Get ready. Sit out loud. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. That means you loved him more. And you did what he told you to do. And you kept doing it year after year and decade after decade. And verse 8, henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me at that day. How many know that must be involved with that well done, good and faithful servant? You've been faithful over a few things, be ruler over much. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Not me only, but unto all them that what? Love his appearing. There are those who dread his coming. Not us. We love his appearing. Why? Because we love him. We love him more than anything. Anybody. So what's better than him showing up? (laughs) Can you say amen? amen? Notice the very next verse or two here. Verse 9, do your diligence to come shortly to me, for Demas has forsaken me. Why? Having loved this present world. Now you're telling me that somebody has traveled with Paul and worked with Paul and seen miracles. And seen whole cities turn to God. And decide. I'm done with this gospel business. I'm going to Vegas. I'm not slandering Vegas. They named themselves. Sin City. Having loved this present world. People were with Jesus. What do you think is happening nowadays? There are folks that, you, did you know you can get used to anything? You can get used to the most amazing anointings and miracles and revelation. Did you know the children of Israel in the wilderness, they got so accustomed to manna falling out of the sky, they despised it. Remember that? Man, this man, I'm sick of manna. I'm up to here with manna. It's angel's food that falls out of the sky every day. You can get used to anything. And take, there were people that traveled with Jesus. And Judas came to the point where he wanted money more than this life that he had with him. Demas, he traveled with Paul and uh, he wanted something else. And the surprising thing is how pitiful of a thing people settle for. What glory people give up for the most trivial junk. A little geographic place. Well that's my old home place. It's about to be burnt with fire. The whole thing is going to melt. <laughs> Not my home place. Yeah yours and mine. Nothing down here is going to survive. 
Is that right or not? Elements are going to melt with fervent heat. Nothing down here is permanent. Everything down here is like a gallon of milk. It's got a date on it. (laughs) And it's going to go bad. Everything down here. And to fall in love with this stuff and a little place and a little lifestyle and a little rabbit trail that you like to run through and say hi to the same people every day and then you got your little routine, your little thing. And to not obey God because you want to cling to that shows you are not worthy of it. Because if you were, you would know what an honor it was. That he asked you to do it. Right. And asked you to be a part of it. And you'd say leave that no problem. Hallelujah. When you want me gone. Right. Phyllis and I have done this repeatedly now. Over and over again. You know leave and leave what you, you built. And start over. And, and uh, thank God. That we're, now we're seeing development of things that work together. But uh, in your heart you got to live in a tent. Like Abraham. He says strike it. And, and do this or do that. And this is not just for me. I heard somebody say that. Boy I'm glad I'm not a preacher like he is. Hey. <laughs> these are not preacher verses. If you love him. What will you do? I'll go where he sends me. I'll stay where he stations me. I'll give him whatever he asks for. I'll do whatever he directs. Right? right? And be glad. Somebody say glad. Glad. Glad to do it. Glad to do it. Glad to do it. Go to the gospel account of John. John 21. John 21. Who do you love most? I've seen people absolutely miss the plan of God over a house. Wouldn't leave their house. Over a place, over a geographic area where they would grew up or where they'd lived for 20 or 40 years. I've seen people miss the plan of God over I've seen people miss the plan of God over not being sure if they could see their grandbabies as much as they wanted to. I've seen it. Absolutely miss the plan of God. I've seen people miss the plan of God because they wouldn't leave their financial security, their tenure, or, well, I'm too close to retirement, or I'm too this, or I'm too that. And, um, friend, there's a lot more going on in retirement. If God don't sustain you, you won't need any retirement. <laughs> and we're not just talking about making it for a few years. Quality of life is a very big deal. And if we abide in this love, he said, that's how your joy will be full. In uh, John, uh, John 15, we've read this over and over again, but uh, Jesus said, if you keep my commandments, you'll abide in my love, even as I've kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. The love that God is, is the most joyous place in the universe. There is no place of greater joy than in the manifested love of God. 
I'm talking about God loving you. Manifesting his love for you to you. When you know that he's pleased with you. Because you did, you did what he told you to do. And he said the ones that love me. They'll do that. And I will come to them. And I'll manifest myself to them. When he does. I'm telling you the sky is bluer. And the grass is greener. And you see and hear things through a different filter. And this is not just my idea. Notice what Jesus said. You'll abide in his love. Verse 11. These things I've spoken unto you. Why? That my joy might remain in you. And that your joy might be full. If you love something more than him. To the point that you won't do what he tells you to do. You will never be happy with it. You might experience temporary pleasures of sin. And temporary moments of worldly glory. But when that two hours is over. You'll go home lonely. And broken. And it'll get worse and darker. The further you go and the older you get. But when you go his way. Even though people might mock you. And it might look like you sacrificed. And gave up what could have been a lucrative career. To preach the gospel. He could have done this. She could have. Yeah. And been miserable. They could have had a big house. They could have made a lot of money. Yeah. And what else? They could have blown their head off in that big mansion. Because there's so many, it happens a lot. At least poor people can imagine that if they got it, it would make them happy. But see, when you got everything and you're still miserable, you figure, I got nothing to live for. Oh, but when you do what he told you to do, Because you love him. And he's with you when you get up. He's with you when you lay down. His presence is with you. And as you're walking out his plan. He's revealing to you. That he's pleased with you. And he loves you. It causes a joy. To come up in you. And over you. That you can't find in a bottle. Or in a pill. Do you believe it? You can't get with a new car or a big house. It's a joy. Hallelujah. Unspeakable and full of glory. It's a joy. It's a taste of heaven is what it is. (laughs) My joy. Well, is Jesus in heaven? Yeah. And he's here by his spirit. But he said, my joy is going to be in you. His joy. And your joy might be full. Somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Whew, I got excited and lost my place. Where were you holding? Yeah, keep holding it too. Uh, Put up Hebrews, (laughs) Hebrews 1 and 9. Notice this. Hebrews 1 9 shows Jesus being the example of Of what he's just told us to be. He said if you'll do what I tell you to. You'll abide. In the father's love. And my joy will be in you. And your joy will be full. Do you believe he practiced. What he's telling us to do. Did he love the father. In fact yeah that's the, the scripture. I didn't read to you in John. Thank you Holy Ghost. 
that he said that the world may know. This is the end of John 14. That the world may know that I love the Father. Let's go. He was headed to the scourging post and to the cross. To demonstrate. To show everybody. I love the Father. How do we know he loves him? He will do what the Father tells him to do. You remember when he prayed in the garden and said, Father, anything's possible with you. You can do anything. And if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. What? Nevertheless, I will do what you tell me to do. Why? Because I love you. The Father loved him like that. He's loved us like that. And we owe it to each other. To love each other like that. Don't you agree? And he said, you, talking about Jesus, you've loved. What did he love? Righteousness? Well, that's God and his right ways of doing things. And you've hated iniquity. And as a result, what? So the devil will try to tell you that if you love God with all of your heart and you don't do what he tells you not to do, then your sinning days are over and your fun is over. And you may be a holy, sanctified, committed Christian, but you'll be a grouchy, old, no fun, no party person. (laughs) Nothing could be further from the truth. He was anointed with the oil of gladness above all his companions, everybody that was around him. That's why kids loved him. Because he was a continuous party. He was joy. Joy on sandals. <laughs> he was. He was. When he came in, it's bad that religion has portrayed this picture. A lot of the pictures and the statues you see, this long, gaunt, drawn face and sorrow and pain. He did experience in our place at the cross, not for his whole life. And how many know he's not on the cross tonight? And he's not in the tomb tonight. And he's not sad. And he's not down. He took it all. He paid the price. He has joy. Hallelujah. And he gave us this joy to those that love him enough to follow him fully. That our joy might be full. None of this looking back. Long and just. Because I don't love that more than I love this. I got both hands on the plow. Let's do this thing. Let's go all the way. There's nothing better. John 21 now. John 21. Jesus has been raised from the dead in this chapter. And he's shown himself to his disciples. And down about verse 15. When they had dined, Jesus said to Simon Peter. Simon. What did he ask him? Do you know he is the same yesterday, today, and forever? So if he asked that question then, he'd ask it now. If he asked it of Peter, he'd ask it of us. He said, uh, Simon, son of Jonas, do you love me what? What? Not just do you love me. Do you love me what? More than these. Why would he say that? Well, we've already talked about this in Matthew 26 and 33. Matthew 26, 33, 
when Jesus told them he was going away. And Peter answered him and said, Though all men shall be offended because of you, yet will I never be offended. The today's English version says, Peter spoke up and said, I will never leave you even though all the rest do. Well, who's all the rest? That's the rest of the twelve. That's everybody around there. What's he proclaiming? Nobody loves you like I do. Nobody. And everybody else may leave you, but I never will. So now, on the other side of this, Jesus looks at him and says, Peter, you love me more than all these? What does he say? How many think it's a different tone <laughs> this time? Now, let's, let's stop here. I believe Peter's a good man. I'm looking forward to meeting him. Great man. One of the pillars in the church that helped lay the foundation of the church. We should greatly love him and respect him. And I believe when he told Jesus, I will die with you. I believe he meant it with every fiber of his being. And when it all started coming down, you know what he did? Big old lumbering fisherman whips out his blade. How many know a fisherman fighting trained soldiers? What do you figure is going to happen next? you about to die, right? But he figures he's going to get a couple of good ones in on his way. He planned to die with Jesus. But, oh friends, learn a lesson. Jesus said, put up your sword. Put it up. Basically, the things that have been prophesied, they got to be fulfilled. I got to take the cup that's been given me. And he let them take him. And when that happened, all of them just, they were stupefied. They were dumbstruck. They thought they never imagined this could happen. They've seen him walk through the midst of crowds and them trying to kill him. They've seen miracles. Never did they imagine. And here's the danger. When things don't go the way you thought they would. Your faith will be tried. Your love will be tried. And when you don't understand what's going on and why. That's when people fail big tests. And he stood out there and denied that he ever knew him. Because of fear. And because of confusion. But friend. We can learn from these things. And we can make a commitment in our hearts and minds. That no matter what happens. We know the correct response. There will be a lot of things you don't understand. There will be things happen you don't know why. There will be things happen you were sure they weren't going to go that way. And they did go that way. Things happen you never imagined could happen. Lots going on down here. But in the midst of the worst situations, let me tell you how to get through. You look up through your darkness, you look up through your ignorance, you look up through your tears, you look up through the symptoms and problems and you say, I don't know why, but I know this, I love you and I'm going nowhere in life, in death. I love you, I believe in you. And I'm trusting in you. 
And I will do whatever you say. Oh, friend, a man or woman like that will triumph, will be graced, will be helped, will come out. What the devil will try to do is lie to you and say, if God was real, if God cared about you, look what happened. Where is he now? You prayed. You did this. Where is he now? He don't care about you or this wouldn't happen. It's not just about technicalities. It's about getting you to doubt his love for you. And if you do, the only thing you prove is your lack of love for him. How many made up your mind you want to be one of God's go-to guys? (laughs) You know you don't know everything. You know you don't have all the answers. And God might be able to find smarter, faster, prettier ones. But he's not going to find anybody that loves him anymore. Come on, are y'all listening or not? And the eyes of the Lord are searching to and fro throughout the whole earth. What's he looking for? Not the smartest ones. Huh? Somebody whose heart is perfect. That means wholehearted, complete toward him. You love him with all your heart. All your soul, all your mind, all your strength. Not because somebody told you to, it's your choice. And what did he say here? Peter, do you love me more than these? Peter said, Lord, you know. You know I love you. So what did Jesus say? Here's your chance to prove it. Man, this is good news. I said, this is good news. Remember, Peter has denied the Lord. He cried out there and his heart's broke. And you might think, well, boy, he's done with you. You've got no place in this anymore. You're the one who said you didn't even know him. Jesus looks at him and says, Peter, do you love me more than all these? He said, Lord, I used to think I knew. <laughs> I'm going to say, you know. You know exactly if I do and if I don't and how far I do, how far I don't. Thank God for the mercy and kindness of Jesus. He says, here's you an opportunity, bud, to demonstrate it. He knew his heart. He knew what he meant to do, failed to do. Feed my lambs. Why? If you love him, you love what he loves. And there's nothing he loves more than his kids. His lambs, his sheep. He said, you love me, Peter. He he said it to him again and again. What did he keep on saying? Feed my sheep, boy. Do what I'm telling you. I believe Peter did it. Don't you? Man, he hit the Acts 2. Preaching like a house of fire, didn't he? (laughs) Thousands getting saved. I believe for the next years and decades, as long as he had breath, he meant he's going to show the Lord that he does love him. By taking care of his kids, taking care of his lambs, feeding his sheep. And aren't you glad you and I still could have some time? Even if we've come short some way in the past, we're still breathing. God's still on the throne. We could have days, we could have months, we could have years to demonstrate this love. Stand on your feet, everybody. Oh, thank you, Master. 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 This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church.
If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.